This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Every snap is an interview. After the snap. What a snap. Hey, keep your mouth shut, 50! I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! Well, you can take this boy out the real south on a but you can't take the real south out of my voice. And now here we go again, twist a little bit deeper because you got thick skin. Hey, Reed, did you know that there are poisonous toads that live in South Florida? News to me, because I've never lived down there. Well, there are. And the crazy part about them is they're only poisonous to dogs. You're kidding. I swear. Cannot make this up. There are dogs that... There are dogs. There are frogs that live in my yard that if I take Jasper out to use the bathroom after it gets dark... They could poison her if she were to consume or lick them. Do you know what is in them to make them? Nope. Poisonous? But I think it's their defense mechanism. No idea. But only dogs. But dogs. Right, so when we come visit, I'm leaving my dogs at home. Or just keep them on a leash after dark. That's how my night's going because previous to our recording this podcast... I let Jasper go for a stroll. That's where I'm at. Where are you at, bro? I'm here. I'm in uh, I'm in H-Town at the moment. We're here um, visiting Erica's family for another week or so, but uh, we're enjoying our time down here, getting some good work in. I'm working out a couple days a week with my man John, uh, John Weeks, snapper for the Houston Texans. Been a good friend to me uh, since I met him a couple years ago. Uh, he is, I think he might be, we were talking about it the other day. I think he's the third uh, longest tenured snapper in the league at the moment behind uh, Muehlbach in Detroit and JJ in Carolina. So I think uh, John is going on year 12 at the moment, all with the Texans. I think he actually broke J- uh, Andre Johnson's uh, franchise games played record last year. So that's pretty cool. I think he's he's coming up on 200. So pretty cool for him. He's been... Um, He's been really good to me uh, since we got here last week, letting me join his workout group and stuff. So I'm having a good time with that a couple days a week. And uh, we actually just got back from playing Top Golf uh, with Erica's family. Ooh. I had a, a good head-to-head battle with uh, with Erica's dad. Came out on top on, on, on the last game. So uh, we had a good time. But uh, to kick off the episode this week, we're going to switch it up. And we are going to start off with the beer review. Lord, beer me strength. Bros and Brews beer reviews. So Blake, uh, you want to start us off? What do you got? I'm gonna give a little. I'm gonna give a little crack first, yep. and then we will deep dive into the brewski. Three, two, one. Quality, quality. As I neglected to inform you in my intro, I took a visit to the great 
city of Baton Rouge, Louisiana this past weekend. And whilst there, I picked up some brews because there is a brewery down there that is a favorite of both yours and mine, the Abita Brewing Company. I saw that they had a couple of new beers that they had in the grocery stores. So I picked up a couple of Baton Rouge, Louisiana craft brews. This one is the Giacomo Juicy IPA. I get on board with that. It is it is double dry hopped and has a pretty sweet can. It looks like a looks like it's got like a headdress on it, like a Native American headdress. It's got like a flor- like some Florida Lee stuff on it and just definitely a nod to South Louisiana. So here we go. Ooh, that's pretty good. That's good. I've never so there are only a couple of beers that I've had from Abita being Purple Haze, Andy Gator, their strawberry, strawberry lager. This one's this one's really good. I say it every week. I'm a, I'm an IPA guy and this one is very fresh and and refreshing and it is pretty bitter. It's, it's a 6% alcohol uh by volume. So it's it's pretty it's pretty tame, but I would give this one a I'd give it an 8.3 snapocity score. That's strong, which is pretty strong. It's in the low 8s. I don't stand by it just because it's the first time I've ever had it, but uh, it could grow on me. What do you have? I have the newest rendition of uh, Mr. Nice. This is Mr. Nice 2.0. Courtesy, the newest rendition. Courtesy of First Line Brewing. They kept one of the old flavors uh, with some pineapple, but they added uh, blueberry to this one. So Ooh. blueberry, pineapple. You're a, you're a big blueberry yes, guy, huge, if I remember huge. correctly. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know obviously 6.9% uh, per usual. Uh, but make sure to swing on down to First Line Brewing in Orchard Park. Whatever kind of beer you like, they make just about everything. They have seltzers, too, for the ladies. So make sure to swing on down. They, they, they do a great job over there. And they're about to open their expansion, their two-level expansion. So it's going to be popping over there all summer. But uh, let me sip on it. I know I've had it before, but just for the, just for the heck of it. Man, that is so good. So a little background on the Mr. Nice and the Mr. Nice 2.0. Mr. Nice uh, version 1 came out a few months ago. Uh, was a blend of lemon, pineapple, and pink guava, I believe, were the three flavors. They're a mixture of a couple of uh, my other favorite beers that First Line makes. Uh, but they decided to switch it up for version 2, and this one is blueberry and pineapple and blueberries the blueberry beers in buffalo i had never had one uh, before i got to buffalo but a lot of the breweries up up there uh, have them so this this was a good a good ad for them for mr nice version two uh it's strong i love it obviously i'm biased uh so i'm gonna go i think i'm gonna give it our first 9.0 uh, snapocity score. So, uh, that's, it's, it's on tap right now down at, uh, first line brewing. I believe they're, 
uh, about to maybe expand their hours. Uh, but I know they're open on the weekends right now, and they're absolutely crushing it. So uh, make sure to get on down there and support them. couple things from the weekend. We'll recap. Number one, in the Ferguson baseball saga, the Red Sox swept the Yankees. And, and it was a big weekend. It was a big weekend for the first place Red Sox. Not so big for the. Are you sure they're in first? Uh, are they behind Tampa? Uh, they are one game ahead, ahead of Tampa, of Tampa. Currently. Okay. currently. That's fair. Yes. Yeah, not I'm sitting at forty-eight. And not 31. been a great season, I think. After that series, the Yankees are zero and six against the Red Sox this year. Yankees are just abysmal. I think is the right word. So sometimes painful to watch, but I keep coming back. So I don't really know what you call that, but it is what it is. It's kind of like golf. That one, that no one swing bad, that brings you back. No matter how bad yep. it is, there's something that brings That's you back. That's exactly right. In other baseball news, we had our first sticky stuff ejection, which was electric. Seattle pitcher Santiago was the first one thrown out for sticky stuff since they started the – umpire checks yeah did you did you see the video i did i did and he he kind of looked at the camera like or looked at the uh looked at the umpire like yeah i know i got caught like he he just he didn't even try to fight it he didn't even try to argue it he just which is weird because i mean god i mean you have to think if you're a guy that used it before right seeing league-wide spin rates go down I mean, you know you're going to get checked, so I I don't really know. I don't I don't really have a ton of sympathy. I can't say. I think it's I think I my stance has always been, or all I say always it, it's been since they've made the rule two weeks ago that they should have done it after the season or before this season. Right? Don't do it mid season. That's too much of a of a drastic change for guys to go through. But it is what it is. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. So, uh, anyway, uh, first topic of the night, we're, we we uh, had some big news uh, in the NFL, big news for some big noggins. We know that to be true. And this is the, uh, the NFL uh, announced that they will now allow teams to wear a secondary helmet color. And for those uh, that may be – unaware uh i'm not sure how long the rule has been in effect i think uh as at least as long as i've been in the league uh but but teams have been teams have been not allowed teams have only been allowed to wear one base color helmet so for the bills we have only worn white base meaning uh we can do we can wear our normal helmet with different uh sticker logo like the charging buffalo obviously fits on the white helmet the standing buffalo fits on the white helmet for the vintage jerseys. For us, it's really just the white helmet with the gray face mask or the white face mask, kind of like y'all, and then the throwback logo, just the same right. with different different striping down the right. middle. So it really, as long as you, as long as you've been in the league, you we've know, only we, had white helmets, yeah, but haven't been able to wear right. anything but white. I think the but I, I, Bill, I know speaking on Bills fans, they've been calling for this for a for a pretty. For a pretty long time, they they want the team to bring back the red helmet. So I think 
you know, I, I obviously haven't heard anything yet. It's still super early, and I think I believe this kicks in for the for not this season, but next season in 2022. But uh, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, if you know how many teams kick out those those new uniforms because I know if I was a fan, I would I would be itching to to buy a new uni, especially if it was a throwback when I was growing up as a kid or something. So I know the Bills fans love their red helmets. I think if we were to throw in some alternate colored helmets along with an alternate uniform. I think it ought to be Miami vice blue and pink. I would not I think argue that's that. Only fitting. That would be super. I think clean. that's only fitting yeah. something like something similar to what the Miami heat have done with like you know, the neighborhood the black, jerseys or the community. The black jerseys or whatever. And the, yeah. Yes. I think that would be unreal. Yeah. I think it would be awesome. I'm with you. But um, you know the fans. The fans clearly love the throwback uniforms, and the Dolphins traditionally have worn white helmets, so it really doesn't matter. Like, I don't know that the Dolphins have ever worn anything but white helmets, so it really. I mean, there's no like throwback that would potentially come back yeah. now that they've added the second helmet. But you know, this does open the op- the opportunity for other alternate uniforms, including the second helmet so if it was like a i don't know like a white or a black helmet with like a pink and blue logo dolphins logo i think that would be really for cool. sure i don't know so a little fun thing we are gonna do on this episode is rank our top five classic throwback vintage whatever you want to call them uniforms uh so we, we put together our own lists throughout the week uh once this ruling came out uh so blake you want to start us off with your number five my number five is kind of it's kind of a throwback, kind of not a throwback. It's like very subtle, but my number five favorite alternate uniform is the 49ers where they have like the shadowed numbers. And it's it's kind of the same exact jersey, just with a little bit of uh, the, the shadow to make it look a little bit more old school. I think the subtle subtlety of it, I think that looks really clean. That's my number five. My number five is a personal favorite of us. Obviously, we grew up watching this team because of the quarterback uh, and Peyton Manning, uh, but the old school Indianapolis Colts uh, uniforms are one of my favorites uh, with the, you know, the cowboy riding the horse in the logo. So I've always, I've always had a, uh, Always like those uniforms for sure. So, and and I I would think that they would be able, you know, they wear those with with the white helmets, right? Like they do now. So, you know, you I, I guess I don't know if they have ever worn those as a throwback uniform, but it'll be interesting to see. But uh, coming in at number four, we have talked about these jerseys before, but uh, the old school Buccaneers orange and like uh, red colored. Uh, uniforms, those are super clean, and I think it's—I think they're a personal favorite for a lot of people, just because they're so—they're so different than what the Buccaneer than what the the Buccaneers wear on a traditional basis now, where the orange just looks so good because it doesn't—it uh, it just really pops on a uniform. Yeah, that one's kind of tough to do with because um, they—they've worn it before, like in the last. 
I would say 15 years. They've worn it before, I believe, but now that they've gone to the like bronze yeah. colored helmet, Peter. they can't really wear it pewter. They can't really wear it. They can't wear the orange because that would clash really, really poorly. Uh, so I think that that's why we haven't seen it. But with the dub, with the the second helmet, we may see a cream sickle come back. My number four is the Steelers Bumblebee uniforms. Yep, those have those have been a personal favorite of mine for a long time. I I think that those are some of the coolest looking uniforms because they look like original nineteen forties. Pittsburgh Steelers like that's what I envision like the the like the first Steelers team ever that's what I envision the guys that are like (laughs) that are like getting like coming from the steel mills to come out and like play football that's what they wear like that's their uniform that they just pick up to play you know play football on a on a weekend so my number three is kind of along the same lines mine is the my number three is the Packers, the blue uniform with the gold pants. Yep. Uh, that's kind of along the same lines. It's like a super mega throwback, but I think that that's always been cool because it it's like not any of their colors that they wear currently. And so that's always been something that like if a team looks completely different from what they do every Sunday, it's it's kind of a nice to like spice it up. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, What's I'm with three? you. And I think they, uh, they wore those. Uh, when we played them a couple years ago, I think in 2017, when we played in Green Bay, I believe they wore those because they have the numbers on the helmets too, I, I, I think. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty cool. But my number three uh, is a team that is not around anymore, uh, but it is the Houston Oilers. The baby blue. Uh, I almost put the, the Chargers on here, but I, they kind of wear those still. Uh, the baby yeah. blue and the red and white with the Oilers. Uh, like I just picture like Warren Moon just chucking bombs right in in those in those <laughs> swag unis. So uh, the the Oilers uh, for me is no, is my number three. I saw a thing on Bleacher Report once they once they officially announced the comeback of the second helmet or the the announcement of the second helmet. They photoshopped Derrick Henry wearing the Oilers uniform with the like the baby blue and the the old Oilers logo on the helmet and everything. It looks super I'm clean. Sure that was nice. And that's that's one that's always been been really cool looking to me and also. For sure. Uh coming in at the two slot for me, um I don't believe that you put these uh this team on your ranking. Uh but I have the old school Seattle Seahawks logo uh with the like the lime green and the blue and the gray, like this gray silver color. Lots of lots of silver. Yes, in lots of silver. Uh, but I just I just envision like Sean Alexander carrying toting the rock. Shawnee Shawnee A toting the rock in the old school's Hawks uniforms. Man, that was classic, classic. Yeah, my number two. Is has already been listed on your rankings somewhat lower. My number two is the Bucks orange uh, cream sickle uniforms. A, is that what we've they said call enough them? about those. Creamsicle? The cream sickle, yeah, yeah. just super iconic and and one that when you see it, you know exactly like you know what team that is. And so 
I think that that would be I think that that would be really cool for them to bring back. We'll see how it goes. They they I remember seeing a list before we name our number ones, but I remember seeing a list a long time ago of across all major sports in the USA what uniforms were the most recognizable or like most legendary uniforms, right? Or the most iconic, right? So what do you think of off the top of your head? Like the, the Yankees, right? Pinstripes, yeah. Carolina Blue, the Lakers, the Lakers, Maybe the the Lakers. Celtics, yeah. like teams like that. And I would say, I mean, just in terms of like not, I guess not a legendary uniform, but like in terms of you know who it is when you see it, just like you said, like the Bucks creamsicle totally fits that fits that blueprint. Yeah. But uh, coming sure. in at my number one slot, I've got the Falcons old school throwback with the old logo and the red the the old red helmet. Black unis with the black falcon on the sides. That is just – that's the best to me. And I, I, I don't think it has anything to do with us growing up in Atlanta <laughs> or the fact that I owned a couple of jerseys when I was growing up. But um, Completely yeah, unbiased. Completely unbiased, but pretty cool. Those are my number one. Also completely unbiased, my number one is the Falcons' black uniform with the red <laughs> And what's what's cool was or is is that they've actually worn these s- somewhat recently. They, uh, I believe, that they wore the red helmets back when like Michael Turner was on the team. Is that am I am I crazy? Um, I can't remember. I, I guess it would Ro- be like Roddy White. Yeah, that would have been. I don't even know when that would have been. Like when I was still. In like high school, I guess, but that was well like oh eight, yeah, probably oh eight, maybe. Yeah. Those are just—they're so awesome. They're—they're they're just really, really cool uniforms. And really, those any anything that they wear with those old school black jerseys are just super, super cool looking. Yeah, couldn't, super. Couldn't agree more. That's a wrap on our top five NFL alternate uniforms. Tweet at us. Post on Instagram on your story, something. Let us know what your favorite alternate uniforms are, if they don't include the ones that we've listed, or if they do. We want to hear from you and let us know what what your favorites are. Moving on, we've uh, got a little bit of an update uh, from last week's pod. If you haven't gotten a chance, please give it a listen. It is episode nine titled Pay the Players. And we covered a little bit of the name, image, and likeness uh, story regarding the NCAA. But over the past week or so since that news broke, um, it sounds like the NCAA is, ha- has come up with a somewhat of an interim policy uh, that they're going to put in place until Congress kind of puts a vote and makes a final standing on it. Um, but give me your thoughts, Blake. Uh, did you have a chance to read through uh, some of the guidelines or, or anything related to this? Yeah, and I think that it's I think that it's good because the the NCAA sees the writing on the wall. They know Definitely. what's about to happen. And obviously, there's been there's already been legislative steps made from a government standpoint that the NCAA can't ignore what what they're doing and 
So they're, they're somewhat scrambling now to create their own guidelines and, and say, okay, 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 we get it. You know, we see, we see what's going on. We see that, that this is not going in our favor. Here's what, here's what we're going to allow. It's almost and, like they're giving, stu- it's almost like they're giving student athletes like a pacifier. It's like, here, take yeah. this to shut up until the real thing comes, right? Like, yeah, that's how I, that's I, I kind of took it. It's like, here, you know, like, take this for a little while. Let us get the real situation figured out. And then we'll come out with something better. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's the NCAA, NCAA trying to hold on to as much power as they can and, you know, trying to pump pump the brakes a little bit before the floodgates open. Yeah, I would say it's a step in the right direction. Uh, all obviously the the work is still in front of them and the uh, members of Congress to kind of sort out what that looks like because there are so many different intricacies and complexities to it. But it's definitely a uh, it's definitely a positive thing for sure. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is, you know, like you said, it is a step in the right direction. But, you know, I think the in the kind of what this interim policy covers is, yeah, so basically what you said, it is a step in the right direction. Uh, but, so, you know, basically what the interim policy is stating is that no matter what state you play in, you'll be covered by the temporary guidelines. And, it, you know, it's not... It's not a full fix, but it does allow for guys to start at least start putting putting some plans in place to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness, the NIL uh, policy. So um, it's great to see, and, and and you know, on the flip side, obviously the recruiting, some of the recruiting inducements they call them, uh, and some of the pay for play restrictions obviously still remain intact but it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see when congress actually does uh, come out with a ruling uh, kind of what the if it is going to be a flat ncaa nil policy guidelines or across kind of all states or if it's going to be state kind of state by state where kind of we mentioned a couple weeks ago on the podcast about in Georgia, where the governor uh, Governor Kemp uh, planned to sign the the bill where schools could take a percentage of the income uh, that players were receiving for uh, NIL and redistribute that to other students if they choose, uh, which could be somewhat of a recruiting advantage if depending on the way you look at it. So. Uh, go, you know, if you're interested in that, go back and listen to that podcast. But uh, yeah, that's that's we're we're, we're just kind of I, I guess we're just kind of waiting. Uh, we're playing the waiting game uh, with with Congress at the moment to to hear on hear on a final decision. You know what I think is interesting is how big of an emphasis the NCAA is putting on continuing to prohibit any pay for play, which. Seems obvious, in my opinion, because what what the players and the athletes and everybody is talking about is the name, image, and likeness deal, not you know 
financial incentives for throwing for 3,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. I'm reading this uh, Sports Illustrated article, and it's talking about how you know a big part of the NCAA's temporary you know deal is that there's you know there cannot be any financial incentives for pay for play and i think that i don't know maybe the maybe the NCAA is maybe i'm maybe i'm not reading enough into it i don't know maybe i'm off but it just seems it just seems like they're focusing on the wrong things that's fair it's definitely going to be interesting to see where this goes and for Reed, you and I both <clears throat> both know him well, but he's he's uh, covering college football for Sports Illustrated and has been really covering this from the very beginning and and does a really good job of getting some kind of behind the scenes info. Uh, Ross Dellinger, he used to cover LSU, uh, is now on a national level with Sports Illustrated, has been for the last couple of years, but. Um, if you want, if our listeners want to follow him and, and kind of keep track of, of what's going on with this NIL, uh, dispute, y'all can, y'all can follow him to, uh, keep up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's move on to uh, topic number three and our final topic of the night. And this is one that is near and dear to both you and me. Shocker, I know, because that's all we really talk about is stuff that we feel like is important. So many of our listeners right now know that the Euro 2020 tournament is taking place this summer. And currently we're in the round of 16 and there's been some upsets. There's been quite a few teams knocked out that historically speaking, you would expect to be in it still. What, what, what are your takeaways from what's going on right now? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we're recording uh, here on, on, uh, on Tuesday and uh, the, the round of 16 actually just wrapped up today, uh, matter of fact. So the quarterfinals are, in fact, all lined up. But, uh, yeah, to your point, I mean, some of the te- – just, just naming some of the teams that, have, that are historically, you know, powerhouses in international football. France knocked out by Switzerland. Germany knocked out today by England. Obviously, England is a powerhouse themselves. Uh, Portugal – uh, knocked out by Belgium, who are one of the favorites and who are my pick to win it all. And then the Netherlands uh, were obviously knocked out in an upset against the Czech Republic 2-0. So, uh, yeah, a couple couple big-name teams with some major star power that are that are knocked out of the tournament, which, which kind of opens it up depending on the way you look at it because looking at some of these quarterfinal matchups, I mean, the two – uh, the two remaining favorites, I would say, Belgium and Italy, are playing each other. 
in the quarterfinals. So, uh, if, I mean, if you're a fan of Spain or England uh, who have Switzerland and Ukraine themselves – I would be feeling pretty good about your chances because you know that two of the he- you know that one of the two heavy hitters is going to be knocked out in-, in this round because they just because they play each other. So uh, it it will certainly be interesting. I think uh, I-, I watched both games yesterday on Monday uh, the the uh, Croatia Spain five three and the France Switzerland three uh, three that went to penalties. I mean. <laughs> I put it on a poster on Twitter, but if 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 somebody ever says to me again that soccer is a boring sport, I'm just gonna flip on the highlights of those two games. I'm gonna say it these was, games were these, it was absolutely these games electric. were played within a five and a half hour time period back to back. I said if I was if I wasn't doing anything, I was a little busy yesterday, but I had it on the TV. If I wasn't doing anything, I would have been glued to the TV for almost six hours watching these two games. I mean, it was goals galore. I mean, what is that, 14 goals in two games? I mean, that's insanity. But it was it was really good. It was really good football. Uh, it, 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 like I said, it'll be crazy to see kind of this next round uh, that starts on, I believe, uh, Friday, this Friday. I think they have a couple of days off. Uh, to recover, yep, Friday but Friday, Saturday. Saturday is the quarterfinals. So, uh, if you if you are interested, I would definitely tune in. Belgium uh, obviously is my is my pick. Like I mentioned earlier, Italy has been a uh, a favorite for a while now. England had a big win over Germany today, and then Spain, uh, obviously the big win last round over Croatia. But uh, you know, I, I, Czech Republic and Denmark, what a what a matchup! I mean, those two like. They they got they got a pretty good draw out of it. So, all right, let's do some predictions. Belgium, Italy, obviously for you is yeah, Belgium, Belgium because because they're still your favorite to win. For me is also Belgium. Switzerland, Spain. That's a, that is so tough because Switzerland looked better than they they. Played better than I think their result said, which is which is a little weird to me to say that because they tied it up so late. But I think they were they were unlucky to be down three one when they were. So um, man, that's tough. I think Spain in penalties. I'm going to go Spain two one. Moving on to Saturday, uh, we've got England and Ukraine. I think England is the obvious. Yeah. England is the obvious uh, easy choice there. And then uh, Czech Republic and Denmark. You know, I think Denmark is kind of still playing on the the emotions of Christian Eriksen from the yeah. first game. So uh, I'll go I'll go Denmark there. So moving so moving on into the semifinal. We've got Belgium v Spain and then England v Denmark. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go for my final. I'll go Belgium, England. I think that's, that's I think I'll, that's pretty I much what it's to, setting up to be. I think we've got the exact same we've got the exact same predictions. And it's the the Belgium, Italy, Switzerland, Spain kind of group, that side of the bracket is is significantly more competitive than 
the Ukraine, England, Czech Republic, Denmark. Yeah, I mean, because it yeah, seems England like, is by seems like far the, Eng- the top out of those four teams, right? I mean, of the four teams, you it's 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 pretty much a given that England will make it out. Now we say that on this pod, and then on Switzerland you know, beat France Saturday, yesterday. So on, right exactly. on Saturday, it, it could be a completely different result. But the the obvious the obvious final from seemingly obvious final from this uh, round of eight that we have right now would be Belgium, England. See, I think, so, I think even if Belgium didn't make it, I think Spain's got the better shot than Italy. Spain is coming off, uh, Spain's coming off a big win. Obviously they played extra time, uh, yet, uh, a couple days ago, but Switzerland is coming off of extra time plus penalties. I mean, they are a, a day later, right? So, uh, you know, some some people believe that you know the extra day of rest. I'm kind of indifferent about it, but I think when you're playing in a tournament like this, you're they're playing a lot of the same guys uh, for for their lineups, especially international, because those guys don't play together that often. So they want to get as much they want to get those guys playing together as much as possible. So I think if Spain can sneak past uh, Switzerland, you know, I I, I Italy. I just don't think they have a shot against Belgium, really. I mean, they're those are the two heavy favorites no. left, but I think Belgium is it, Belgium's is too good. So, Belgium and France are year over year the top two. Yeah, just like that are always at the top for sure. I mean, it's it's unfair if you look at their starting eleven. It it is it really is not fair. Yeah. And they're one of those teams that if you play with them in FIFA, the other person will just like automatically quit yep. because it's it's like playing with you know Barcelona three years ago, like it's just it's not fair. And so I think that given something unforeseen happening, you know Kevin De Bruyne getting hurt, knock on wood, that does not happen. But like giving given something like that crazy happening like middle of the match, I think that. I think that we're set up for a for a Belgium Belgium final Euro twenty twenty champs. Yep. But given something unforeseen happening, I think we're set up for a Belgium Euro twenty twenty champs. Yeah, and and to your point, I think I think KDB does have a, a little knock, so I'm not sure if he'll uh, see any action in the next game. But uh, they 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 have plenty of firepower. Uh, in the attack to to get the job done, but uh, yeah, we, we you know next uh, next Tuesday uh, we will certainly be hopping on uh, for next week's episode, uh, but that should be uh, in time before the final to kind of get our our last predictions in. So, uh, looking forward to a big weekend of Euro football. That wraps up our round of sixteen Euro twenty twenty predictions. Check back next week for the final predictions as that will be our last podcast before the Euro 2020 final. Let's move on to some mailbag questions to finish things off today, shall we? Uh, so our first one, uh, we've got two today. Our first one comes in from my man James in Buffalo, uh, owner of Tutant. Uh, does a great job Ooh. down there, a uh, little Cajun Buffalo action. Uh, in downtown Buffalo, uh, check him out. But he says, "How far can either of you snap the ball? Do you have an answer? Because I think I have an answer. I, it's been a long time since I've tried this, but 
I haven't done it in a long time. I have a number in my head. I think I could snap it a yard a yard farther than you could. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great answer. As my competitive competitive adrenaline juices get flowing, I think I could just at least squeak out an extra yard beyond whatever you did. And I I would make you go, I would make you go. Obviously. I think I want to say, and I legit haven't done this in years. I want to say like 40 yards. Is that far? I think the world record is like 35 or 37. So you might need to, maybe, uh, maybe it's 35 then. Cause I want to say in my mind that I've at least snapped 35 yards. So my number is 36. Okay, that's fair. So you beat me. Uh, let's see. Uh, I just Googled it. World's longest long snap. Pennsylvania brothers set world record for farthest football long snap. Brothers. That's what it says. Sounds like we there need to, other brothers in long snap. Sounds like we need to, to get on it. They are from Goodness Westchester, gracious. PA, Pennsylvania. Matthew and Charles Dever. Uh, sounds like mm-hmm. this is what kept them busy dur- during uh, COVID last year. But Guinness World Records recognizes Matthew Dever for the farthest long snap of an, of an American football at 41 and a half yards. Wow. There you go. 41 and a half is, the, is the, the yardage to beat. I would say I'm probably around 35. I, would I wonder what kind of exit velocity that that equates to. Yeah, probably. Well, the 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 benchmark in my head for for D one guys coming out of high school, you want to be around a point seven snap at fifteen yards, right? Point six eight, point six nine ish. I think a point six eight snap at fifteen yards has a peak. Speed of 45 miles an hour. That's what I was told a, a, a few years back. If that's any way to judge, you know, I would say probably upwards of 45, 50 miles an hour maybe traveling. If we have, if we have any listeners who are good at science, math, math wizards or science or physics or anything, please let us know what the conversion is. If the peak speed, peak velocity at 15 yards is 45 miles an hour, what it would be at if we were snapping 41, 40, sorry, 15 yards, what it would be at 41 yards, 41 plus. I hope we get an answer. Uh, Anyway, second mailbag uh, comes from Ashton42, I believe. Repeat question. She asks, who were or are your biggest role models in the NFL? Well, until I got to the NFL, you were one of my role models. <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> I am honored. Um, and I would still say that you are a role model because I still continue to look up to you. And wow, I'm tearing up heavily, as we speak. Heavily on your experience and your guidance of the young grasshopper. grasshopper. If you don't get the reference, watch The Office. Watch The Office. Anybody else um, besides me? I would say, like, the one that I wrote down in grade school, like, all the way through, like, when people would ask, who's your role model? It was Peyton Manning. 
because I liked the way that he played the game. He was a leader. He was really smart and he was really funny. And I can't help the fact that I'm not funny, but I can be a leader and I can be really smart. I like that. That's a good answer. And I think Peyton would, would have made my list uh, as well. Y'all share a birthday. We do share a birthday. That's right. And I think that's partially the reason that, that I've looked up to him. Although that has no relation on the fact that, like you said, he is funny, a good leader and very smart. But uh, I think once, once I started really zeroing in on the snapping part of being a professional football player, kind of during college. And when I was first introduced to NFL film, I think Morgan Cox in Baltimore has been uh, a great watch for me just because he he's a multi-time pro bowler. He is, is super consistent, just just does it the same way over and over again. And uh, it's clear he, he's been on some very successful uh, special teams units. So uh, up, up there in Baltimore, I think he's he was 10 years in Baltimore now snapping uh, for the Tennessee Titans now. So uh, yeah, Morgan Cox, I think, just from a snapping standpoint, but from just a general football player standpoint, I would probably say Peyton, uh, Peyton makes the list. So, Well, that wraps it up for the mailbag, and that also wraps it up for this week's podcast. Thank you to all of our listeners and our subscribers for tuning in to ATS Episode 10. You can find us on social media as always, at After the Snap Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Go give us a like. Go give us a rating. Go give us a review on Apple and Spotify. We love reading the reviews. Tune in next week, next Thursday. We will be back. This has been After the Snap, tales from two brothers who live life upside down.